by the way, this is the Joe Walsh that is the musician, not the former presidential candidate from the Republican Party. Oh. As the DJ on Classic Rock kept confusing them and irritated me. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. How long ago was this? In the 2020 really? election. On, on our local Classic Rock? No, Sirius XM. Oh, yeah. Classic Vinyl. Rachel Steele, specifically. <laughs> she kept referring to... Wouldn't it be great if Joe Walsh was the next Republican president? He was such a great musician. I'm like, it's not the same Joe Walsh. And she just kept saying it. And I, I replied on their comment sections, said, this is part of the problem with misinformation. Now you got a whole bunch of old hippie rockers like us thinking that Joe Walsh is running for president. Oh, He's a former goodness. Illinois state congressman, well, conservative talk show host. He was running against Trump. Welcome to the Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs podcast, where we inspire you to manage your money, find your soul, and cover your ears. Join host Hartley Wright, a certified spiritual director, and Kevin Bartolacci, director of research and education at Sunvold Financial Investment Advisory Firm. Together, they hope to help you discover the benefits of enriching your life as they entertain one another, and hopefully you too. Hello, listener. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 13. I am not a superstitious person. I don't know if you are, Kevin. Kevin, are you superstitious? Uh, what's the old joke? I'm just regular stitious. I have no idea what that joke is. Yeah, I think Marshall told me that one. Yeah. Um, no, not really superstitious. I, uh, I mean, In fact, I used to wear number 13 as my baseball number. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, well, okay, so you're good. I'm good. I've never been superstitious, yeah. but... It is 13. Thank thank goodness it's not Friday the 13th, or that would be even worse. We'd yeah. have to consider that. Um, so I don't know if the if there may be a listener that's superstitious and decides oh, not, I guarantee there is. not to uh, listen to episode 13. Just and, skip it. Yeah, and wishes we'd have just, yeah, skipped it and gone to 14. <laughs> yeah. You know they do that in some buildings. Absolutely. With the elevators. There's no yeah. floor 13. Right. And... The reality is there is a 13th floor. It's when you're on 14 because mm-hmm. you can't just skip an entire floor. Right. Wouldn't that be interesting if you watched a building being erected and, and you say, what's that huge gap in there? Well, that's the floor. That's a missing floor. That's 13. That's the one we're not going to use. I guess we need to anticipate that there could be something mysterious. Mm-hmm. On our last episode, we had Amy Hay here, and I thought she was a great guest, and she was with us the entire time from beginning to end, which I loved. thought that was great. Not all of our guests will be with us in person, and when they're not in person, we'll have a way to introduce them and then incorporate them into the show, and then if they don't want to stick around, then they can be on their way, and we can wrap up afterward. Now, we couldn't do that with Amy because she was here the whole time. If she had not been with us, and we were able to wrap up the show and just talk about what a great episode it was and how great it was having her on the show with us. As soon as she was no longer with us and we're wrapping up, I would have asked you to share your history with Amy because and I want the listener to hear how the two of you met because she is quite the golfer and golf is how you met. That is correct. And I wish I could remember the year. I was playing in a golf tournament for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes out in Fulton at Tanglewood and one of the guys... I had already recruited to be on our team. His name Tim Cookta, and we still needed one more. And I said, hey, man, you know anybody else that could fill in this spot? 
He said, yeah, I got somebody. So sure enough, it's Amy Hay. So she shows up and she says, hey guys, I just got to tell you, haven't played for a long time. I'm probably going to be a little bit rusty. Now, I don't know at this time that she played collegiately and not Mm -hmm. only played, but excelled. For the listeners who aren't familiar with how these formats usually work, there's multiple sets of tee boxes you can tee off from. Men usually tee off at one further back than the ladies. Ladies play forward. There's three of us guys and Amy, and uh, we get ready to tee off. And she, without hesitation, Steps up to the same tee box we all just teed off from. I thought, well, that's that's cool. Then rips a drive about 270 down the middle. And I thought, this is going to be a great day. Uh, It was just phenomenal, especially because she set it up like, hey, I'm a little rusty. I haven't played for a while. And then boom. She was just being honest. Yeah. And I thought, holy smokes. Hey, Amy, if you are listening, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I know that you do not listen to podcasts, so I'm glad you're listening to uh, another episode. And if that is true, Amy, if you're out there, you're probably listening because you really believe, hey, these two guys need more than just four listeners. So thank you for joining. Yeah, she she could be listening while she's stuck in traffic on Grindstone Park. Yeah, that could be. We should encourage her to make that a habit. Maybe we can go in order. We can go faith, finances, all right, NF bombs. Yeah, let's do that. That'll throw it. That'll throw everything. I like it. Faith-wise, I've been talking about the season of Lent, which is a season of returning. For a listener or two, it may be a season of arriving. Maybe you're coming to God for the first time, and you're taking Lent as an opportunity to do that. This week's theme for week three would be repentance. In this time of Lent, the reason we are focusing on it here is because it is a time that is set aside for all people who want to enter more intentionally into prayer, self-examination, and repentance for uh, restoration and renewal of your relationship with God or for actually beginning a relationship with God. And so uh, I think that this week being focused on repentance is a good opportunity for each of us to just be honest about our lives being in disarray. A lot rides on my inner world. Like so many people, I am attached to sinful or negative patterns in my life because at some level, I believe that they work for me. I think, man, I sure have a messy house. I've messed up my house by some of the uh, behaviors and some of the sin patterns and some of the things that I've cleaned to. We talk about how so much about the spiritual life is a mystery, and we even try to describe why that's a mystery using some metaphor. I'm going to use the metaphor of a house like my body is a house. 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? And so when I think about repentance and I think about repentance in the Lenten season, I feel like I've got a messy house. So for me personally, I think, you know what, I want to clean this place up a little bit so that God kind of feels a little more welcome. So this is a great opportunity to do some self-examination. That's the approach I'm going to take. How I am doing it this week is saying, God, bring to my uh, awareness the places where I'm not like you. If you're searching or seeking or examining whether or not this uh, relationship with God and a relationship of faith is one for you, you could have a prayer, bring to my awareness places where I have no sense or space of you, places where you are that I'm unaware of. I think that, is that reasonable? Does that sound reasonable? Yeah. Yeah. Take some time to focus on your life, focus on all the components of your life. And then uh, after reviewing that, then say, God, point out to me where I fall short and need some help in becoming more like you or embracing more of my spiritual transformation process. Something I have not said on this podcast, I don't believe, is that we are all in a process of spiritual transformation. Many of us just don't engage in it. Some aren't aware of it. Many don't engage. 
some rebel against it. This is a situation where you are actively or passively engaged. Yes. Okay. You mean you're saying some people, while all of us are engaged, some of them are passively engaged, just waiting for things to happen, and others are more proactive and saying, "God, reveal to me where I'm not like you." Yeah. Some people. Some people don't give faith and spirituality and matters of God any thought at all. Uh, And I mean no thought at all. They don't go to the extent of saying, I don't believe in God. They don't go to an extreme of saying, I'm an atheist. They just don't give it any thought. Things are happening in their lives that God is orchestrating. They're just unaware of. And so they they would not just be passive. They would just be unaware. Unaware. I will now let you talk about finances. I do have a financial question. You want to ask it first, or you want me to it, just give you a little update? On why don't you give a little update right. first? There's not a lot happening. You may have seen some headlines about Chairman Powell testifying before Congress. Some of the interpretation of his comments were very negative. They're now expecting the Fed's rate hike to settle higher than they originally. When I say they, I mean the markets. Chairman Powell himself said, hey, we're probably going to have to do this more than we thought. Now all the speculation becomes what happens at the rate hike meeting in the next two weeks. Is it going to be 50 basis points, or are we going to stick with a 25 basis point hike like we had on the last meeting? Betting odds are now up to like 76% that it's going to be a 50 basis point hike, which will not make anyone in the markets happy. Uh, but who knows? And then today, numbers came across that unemployment went up, surprisingly, more than they anticipated. Remember the old good news, bad news paradox I talked about with this. So now the markets might just have to level back out and say, oh, but unemployment's going up and that's good. Well, we would all think that's bad if people are losing their jobs. But the markets want to see that the economy isn't overheating because that then is tied directly into what the Fed's policy is going to be. So now there's the speculation, like, okay, well, that's, that's good news, even though it's bad for the people getting laid off for the macro level of the economy. So who knows? Uh, we, we've talked about this before. If you're a long-term investor and you have a long time horizon before you're going to start retiring, none of this matters anyway. Just ignore it. Uh, we've called this in our office financial porn for a long time. It's just about generating headlines, clicking on articles. It shouldn't even matter. Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, some of the legendary people in the business have always said, we don't know what the market's going to do and we don't care. We have a discipline. This is how we do it. We're not worried about the week-to-week, month-to-month, even year-to-year stuff. And that's what we would encourage our clients in our office. Like, Know what your plan is. Know what your discipline is. Do not pay attention to this stuff on a day-to-day basis or an hour-to-hour basis if you're that tied up in it. I have heard in some financial planning presentations where they have talked about how the market is due for correction. And so you hear this. In the last two years, I have actually been a little surprised that we didn't take more of a correction than we did. Like I've anticipated a huge correction, not necessarily a crash. And I guess maybe you could argue we did have one. Yeah, I mean, I'll just give you a real life example. I got a text from one of my clients. He's been a client for almost 20 years. It was basically this. Hey, I read this article. It says we're in for a significant downturn. To which I replied, well, I didn't read that article. I don't know which one you're talking about because he didn't send me a link. What's their definition of significant? That's a great question. And he replied back, they didn't say. (laughs) So my mind is like, all of us lived through 2022. There was a point at which, and I don't remember the exact absolute bottom last year. That's weird, right? Because I still remember the absolute bottom in 2009. It was March 9th. 
If 13 has any effect on our podcast at all, it's that. Oh, yeah. It's March 9th. 14 years ago. Yeah. So we're on the 14th anniversary of the bottom out. But I don't remember last year's. So I remember looking at the second quarter numbers, and the S&P was down significantly, in my mind, in excess of over 20%. NASDAQ was down over 33%. To me, that's significant. So for an article to come out, nine months later and say, we're in for a significant downturn. I want to know by what metric, what's your start date, right? How low is the trough going to be? When's it going to happen? Give me some details. Just don't say we're in for a significant downturn. Right. Cause when I hear that to me, that's just somebody throwing a title out there to get you to click on it. Exactly. That's the whole point. They didn't give you any information, no background information, no data. They're trying to elicit a response and, in, in some ways, probably solicit your business. In, in one way or another, they're trying to get paid. Right. And the statement I mentioned is a very vague statement. It's incredibly vague to say the market is due for correction. Yeah. I think you could probably make that statement, generally speaking, every year. Well, absolutely. If you've ever seen the charts that show the intra-year highs and lows, and I won't say it's without exception, but it's definitely prevalent that every single year, can't see this listener because I'm using my hands, but <laughs> there'll be points way above the standard line or wherever we started the year, and there'll be points below. Every year we have corrections. Exactly. But did they meet the definition of correction within the financial services industry? Well, it all depends. And once again, we're into this. Where do we start? Where do we stop? How are we measuring it? I'll give you real live data. Year to date, S&P 500, typically considered the market by most people. Positive 4.04%. We are nine weeks, 10 weeks into this year. Mm-hmm. Let's just round it off to two months. So if we took the 4% and said, well, the first two months we were up 4%. If you annualize that out, that's a 24% return. Now, are we going to end up there? No. No, not a chance. Not. No way. But within these first 10 weeks, we've already seen a tremendous January. And we were negative in February, and we're about flat in March. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's kind of I really what you wanted, can expect. Yeah, if I really wanted to be a dick about it, I'd say, well, we already had a correction from the high on January blank to the low on March 4th. We dropped 10%. Right. We had our correction. So it's just, it's worthless yeah. to have these types of discussions. So I would say to people. So let's continue. Let's discuss it more yeah. since it's worthless. So it's worthless. I would say to people, just relax. Stick to your strategy. Don't freak out. Quit trying to outguess the market. You're not going to do it. It's just, it's too complex. There's too many factors. You can't cover them all. The big buzz in our industry is Monte Carlo simulations now, right? Everybody's going to say, we have algorithms that will run 10,000 scenarios, and here's the probability of X, Y, or Z. Well, that's great until something comes in the picture that you didn't anticipate, like COVID-19. Right. Then it throws off everything. Yeah. You, you might have a 1,000 factors, but one factor might be outweighed. One factor that you cannot possibly correct, predict in any way. Yep. A book I recommend in that, if you want to read it, is Nassim Taleb's The Black Swan. It's often misquoted in the financial literature, the financial pages. People will say, look out for this black swan. <laughs> You're laughing because you know what a black <laughs> swan is. So for listeners, we'll let you in on the inside joke. By definition, a black swan cannot be predicted. We are now about a month away from yeah. tax yeah. filing deadline. And you had mentioned on a previous podcast when we were discussing, how did you phrase it? You have some very convicting thoughts on what you should do if you have a if you are expecting a big refund. 
once again, my opinion, you do it how you want to do it. The tax return is simply the fact that you overpaid your taxes throughout the year and now the government is going to give it back to you. So on the most basic level, my argument is, wouldn't you rather use that cash during the calendar year instead of giving it to the government to hold on to it for you for 15 months or 12 or whatever right. it is? I've never known anyone who's been excited about having a refund and fills that that box out that says, and how much would you like applied to the next to the tax? Next. I never hear anyone talk about applying that, but I hear everybody talk about how great they're, yeah. how much money they're coming, they're getting back in taxes. Yeah, I've had conversations with people who intentionally do it that way. Why are you getting a $5,000 refund? I mean, that's almost $500 a month that you're right. giving to the government that you don't have access to. So they, they know they are intentionally paying more in taxes every single paycheck throughout the year. Essentially, it's forced savings. Yeah, so I guess Remember so. the Christmas Club we talked about way right. back when? So that's their version of the Christmas Club, but it's for vacation. So they're giving it to the government so the government will hold on to them so they don't spend it. And that was the explanation I was given. Now, my mind works more like this. Why don't you put the appropriate withholding numbers on your check? And then throughout the year, if, you're, if you know you're going to use it for a vacation, don't put it in your 401k or your IRA because you can't get to it. But throw it into your money market account at the credit union or put it into a brokerage account so at least you have access to it. Don't just let the government have it for 15 yeah. months or 10 months or we should have Dave Ramsey on as a guest and see what he would say about. We both know what he would say. <laughs> I don't think we even need to have him on. I think no, we, I I think we can it. clearly, with near 100% accuracy, tell the listener what Dave would say it, about that. There was one year, completed all of my paperwork for that year, and I owed the state 600 bucks. Filed, sent them $600. Time passed, they sent me a letter and a refund check, giving me the money back, saying that I miscalculated the tax. And I did not owe that. So I didn't cash the check. I sent the check back with a letter. I'm more certain that I do owe this tax, so I'm not accepting this money. They sent it back to me, said, cash it. You're wrong. We're right. I told my family, I said, I think they're wrong. I think we owe this, but I'll go ahead and cash it. And then about five, six months later, I got a bill from the state saying, you underpaid your Tax, you owe us 600 and I was assessed a penalty for not paying it. <laughs> Penalties and interest. Penalties and interest yeah, yeah. for not paying the $600. So I paid that with the interest penalty, but with another letter that said, if you if you have any integrity, state of Missouri, you should give me the interest and penalties back on this because right. check your paperwork. Right. Did they end up doing? No, they did not. They still penalized you? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Going back a couple episodes, I talked about some words. A word that I did not mention that it's not a word I use and it's not a word that I like to hear. I, I hear it quite a bit in multiple settings and multiple arenas. It's not an F-bomb for me, but it's just just doesn't feel right to me is the word amongst. That word is a word. You're not wrong in saying amongst, but among and amongst are the same. And so I think for me, it kind of rubs me wrong because I think if you're saying amongst, it's because you're just not thinking about it or you are being pretentious. It depends on who it is that's saying it and in the context. Do you hear it more or see it in writing more? I hear it more. Okay. I hear it more. Because I'm trying to think back. I can't ever remember typing it. I hear it more than I see it. Okay. Now, do you have an F-bomb ready to go? I, I do not. Do we want to talk about the CNN article? We can. That'd be a nice update on something we talked about previously. As Hartley has mentioned in the past, this podcast is pretty powerful. We're changing governmental policies, 
One of you four listeners must have a lot of clout. We just ran across an article. Let me rewind. In the past, when we talked about gun violence. Episode seven. Look at you. And eight. Episode seven You're and so eight. You're so good at remembering all this. I had said, do you know that in Missouri, our local law enforcement officers are not allowed to work with federal agencies on solving crimes and ballistics and whatnot? And you said, are you serious? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm serious. Well, guess I what? It. A federal judge has ruled that that law is unconstitutional and the local law enforcement officials are allowed to work with federal agencies in this fight against crime. Now, I'm sure there'll be an appeal. I That's, think the article talked about someone wanting to appeal it. Well, now that uh, Eric Schmidt is a senator, maybe, yeah. maybe he won't. But I would expect, given how deep red our state is, there will be someone in the attorney general's office will say, we're going to appeal that, probably going to go to another court. But finally... Some sense. Yeah, some sense. That that's that was great news. We've had an effect yeah. on personal property tax and now on local law enforcement yeah. being able to cooperate with federal investigations. What should we take on next? I don't know, but I do want to add to the guns. <laughs> okay, add to the guns. You and I talked about this in episode seven, but the listener did not hear it. It, it was just edited out. I just want to point out this stance that I have toward guns and gun violence is not new. When I was in college, I had a sign and I didn't think I had it anymore, but because Kelly had me search for something else, I came across this and I thought, oh, this is great. I can follow up and throw this in now. I made this poster and I put it up in my wall and it hung in my college apartment. And it says in the year 1985, I've handguns killed five people in Australia, five people in Canada, eight people in Great Britain, 18 people in Israel. 31 people in Switzerland, 46 people in Japan, and 8,092 in the United States. And at the bottom, I printed in big letters, God bless America. Those were the facts I had on 1985. And America was by far and away in first place with no one, no chance of anyone catching us. Now, we have a big lead. Insurmountable. Insurmountable. It's never going to be caught. Did we give numbers in that episode? We did. All right, so if somebody wants to know what the most recent numbers were, they can listen to the episode or just Google it. Do we have more than the next 50 countries combined? I would, 20 countries that's combined? That's a good question, but I think so. I mean, on that chart, how many countries did you have? Seven. Australia, Including the United States. So six Aust- others besides the U.S.? Australia, Canada, Great Britain, Israel, Switzerland, Japan. And just eyeball the next six. and How much does their total compare to the United States? 105... 113. 113 in the next five. In the next five. And we have 8,000? 8,092. So almost uh, Mm 8,100. They're not even close. No one will ever catch us, is all I'm saying. No. You might have an isolated incident like Ukraine right now. Although Ukraine is in conflict. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would take... It would take a land invasion. It would take take an actual war. For civilian deaths, because we've heard lots of reports about many civilians being executed. I would right. consider that a gun-related homicide. So you might have something statistically that's an outlier like that, but just in general terms, never going to catch us. I'm going to see just in curiosity it up. what the current rates of firearm homicides per 100,000 population. United States of America, 4.12. And what is number two? You said 4. Point- 4.12. For us, per 100,000 population. Chile is second at 1.82. Third is Canada, 0.5. 0.5. 0.5. What was the number 18 or 19? 
18 is the Republic of Korea, 0.02, and the same number for Japan. We really just wanted to give an update, but since this actually kind of is part of three episodes, we it could be faith finances, firearms, and F-bombs. Although F-bomb, firearm kind of goes together. Yeah, I think we can count firearms as one of our F-bombs. I don't know what else to say. That's it for today. They don't all have to be award winners. How about just one? I would take just one, and what award... Could any episode possibly win? Maybe if we were on iHeartRadio. In fact, we actually are on, we are now on iHeartRadio. Listener, help us out. Spread the word. Let other people know we're there and recommend us. You may not want to recommend this episode, but please recommend any episode in our catalog. Uh, We are on almost anywhere people listen. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. Podcast Addict, Player FM, Deezer, Podchaser, The Podcast Index, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castro, Castbox, Good Pods. That should be enough for you to say, hey, if you're listening somewhere, you could probably find them. We would appreciate it, and we appreciate you hanging in there, listening to us, being as faithful as you are, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. This podcast is for the purposes of education, information, and entertainment only, and is not a replacement for the professional services of a financial advisor, financial planner, spiritual clergy, spiritual counselor, or spiritual director. We suggest you seek out a trained professional for help with your financial and spiritual needs. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest of Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs are solely their current opinions based upon information they consider reliable but do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations the host and guest may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions provided by the podcast host and guest are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.